0: Welcome to Hungry Hip Hop, potless style reviews where we dish out the freshest takes on what these artists are serving up. We're looking for the spiciest bars, vibes, and production in order to expand our palace and diversify our playlists. So for today, we will be reviewing the Morph Choir album, The Dereliction Trilogy Part One, The Unbearable Silence of God. Morph Choir is a quote unquote, experimental music collective and multimedia project created by performance artist Oliver Eldridge. Though the collective presently consists of three members, Pleasant Jest, Marble Figurine, and Heavy Gossamer, Aldris acts as the project's sole artist, morphing from member to member. Following the release of singles by each member in 2018, the collective put out its debut album, The Dereliction Trilogy, or The Unbearable Silence of God, in summer of 2019. So, uh, we're going to get started. Alan, what did you think of this project?
1: So I'll just preface by saying that i know oliver in real life uh Mm -hmm. we went to college together and (laughs) we uh, actually mark you and him were a lot closer i Mm -hmm. i was friends with him but i didn't know him super well but i just want to point that out uh just keep that in mind when you listen to my review that this is someone they do know in real life Mm -hmm. um and to speak about this album is to speak about three different sections you had mentioned how this is a collective and the three different personas I I guess I could just say the three different people who take part of it all kind of morph different genres and I kind of enjoyed different parts of the record more than others. Mm -hmm. So, my personal favorite is actually the start of the album, which is penned under the artist Pleasant Jest. And for me, this one is the closest to what I would consider like an indie rock. Mm -hmm. For example, where I get vibes from bands like Alt-J, the Postal Service, Death Cab. But I really enjoyed the songwriting on this because it gets really dark when you kind of dig past the really like chill beats and stuff. But that was definitely the highlight. The feedback I would have about this section would be that I wish the instrumentals were a little more fleshed out and the drums could feel a little heavier because the songs could tend to, to float together sometimes. And I just wish that I think I would say for the next album, I really want a little more in-depth production, especially on this kind of music. When I am thinking of bands like Alt-J and I'm thinking about bands like the Postal Service and Death Cab, brand new bands like that. Uh, Beyond that, the second second section, I wouldn't even know how I would classify it. It felt pretty similar to the first, but there is a lot more focus on the singing. I kind of liked it, but again, the production found sounded pretty skeletal. And then the third, which the third section, which is going to be why we are reviewing this, which is the rap section, probably is my least favorite. Uh, it, the beats are all very trap focused. They, I feel like, sound like a lot of different trap music you could hear that is just popular today, which, you know. If you know me, it's not necessarily my favorite genre anyway, but it does kind of have those same problems of being a little derivative. Uh, But in terms of a first project, I would say this is a really good start. A lot of musicians start their career and their first projects, you know, taking a lot of influence from the artists that they really love. And so I'm really looking forward to what what Morph Choir has coming up next. But I do think that he has room to take all these different genres he's experimenting in and really carve out his own lane. But overall, I'd say it's a pretty good start. Not, not something I loved, but a good start. Milo? All
2: right. So this is Milo, live and in stereo. So what uh, is in stores for our, our listeners? So this is a 15-track album, and your average song length is going to be about three and a half minutes. And it definitely does feel long when you're listening to it there was a point where i was only five songs in the, into the album and i thought i was halfway through it. it it just this album feels very long and your longest song is going to be missing which is like five minutes long the shortest you're going to get is when you do get to the hip-hop section that's uh too much just like a two minute and 56 second song but for the most part it's gonna it's gonna feel like this is a commitment and As for the style of the album, so as people have mentioned, it is three sections and those three sections are divided by interludes. So when you, the interlude you get at the beginning of the album, when you hear it again, you're moving into the next section. And I'm glad Alan said what he said about the rap section. I felt the same way and I'm so glad he said derivative. I was thinking about it today. I was going to call it derivative, but I was like, no, people are going to think I'm pretentious. But now that there are at least two people on this podcast that think it's derivative, I'm so much more confident in saying, yes, it's totally derivative.
1: And we could both
2: be pretentious. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's also possible. <laughs> at any rate, so as far as... uh, that That's the kind of style you're going to get like this. I would say, for the most part, this is an indie style. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to the hip-hop part, it's completely derivative, very trap-focused with those kind of beats. I would go on to add his actual vocal delivery is what i would characterize as the fuck boy voice like (laughs) that kind of It just had that vibe as for my personal impression of how i felt about it there are seven songs on this album out of 15 that i would skip and i would not re-listen to this album it's not something i want to revisit
0: Okay, okay um so first of all, let me mention that I as, I, as Alan, also know Oliver personally, uh, very close with him. Uh, he was my roommate in college. So, but that being said, I will definitely give my honest review of it, what I thought of this album. So when I first listened to this album, and I've listened to it a few times now, um, I was just not confused. Like I understood what it was trying to do, but I guess I just didn't get it. Like, I get the uh, different, you know, characters, you know, and all the different characters have the different style of music. And so, like, one, the the first part is what I would call more closest to, like, pop or indie rock or something like that. Indie pop, I don't know. Whereas the second section is, like, a heavy jazz vibe. Like, you're in a jazz club. Um, I was getting that feeling. And then the third is hip hop. And so I saw what he was doing, but it just didn't work for me, in my opinion. So I was like, eh, you know, whatever. Um, I will say, uh, Unlike you two though, I definitely like the hip hop part the most. Um, I well, I think the I think part one uh, that was the, that was poppy. I think that had the best general selection of songs, but I think the actual best songs were in the hip hop part. Um, and we'll get to the specifics. But y'all know I love trap production, so for me that yeah. also makes sense why I also like this. Um, I thought the trap production worked really well on this um, on most the hip hop section, but not all of it. Um, so yeah, overall, I thought this was a great debut project from Worth Choir. I thought that um, you could tell that there's effort and work put, put into it. And I, I kind of, as you mentioned, Alan, like a lot of people's debut albums sound, you know, bad, like really bad. Whereas this you could kind of tell that the energy and time I felt was like put into there. Um and the thoughts behind it were really put into there. But um yeah, overall I thought it was cool. It's not really something I go back to too often. If so, I'll go back for a particular song or so. It's not something I just kind of play through. But if you are a fan of all the different sounds of this album, then you know, you might this might be for you. So uh it's definitely not a bad album by any means. It's just it's, it's so varying at different points. It's hard to like all of it. Um, like, uh, for me, it's just like, it's very easy to like a part of this album. Um, so yeah, but uh, we could get into it more. Uh, Milo, is there any song, good or bad, that particularly stood out to you?
2: Yes, it's actually down by the hip hop section. Okay. So... It was the song I mentioned, the shortest song on the album, Too Much. Mm-hmm. And this one, okay, so this song worked for me because i just, it was basically the hook that drew me in. And really? Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> I thought it was the worst hook on the fucking album.
2: <laughs> and so I felt that his vocal delivery, the kind of fuck boy voice delivery on the rap. I'm not saying that's what he is. I'm not saying that's how he sounds throughout the whole album, but when he was rapping, it, that voice kind of came out. It fit the beat better and I can acknowledge that it meshed with the music, even though I might not be a particular fan of the voice. So it was the hook and the the vocal style meshing better with the production that made this particular song stand out to me, but it sounds like Mark already... You didn't like the song at all or?
0: you just No, you to, I just didn't like the So I, I was just surprised by you saying the hook was what drew you in. Cause to me, this was the worst hook out of the rap section. Um, the hook is actually what kind of kept taking me out of it. The too much is not enough. Like, I don't know. To me, that just was not catchy to me. It sounded like I was almost in a circus. So I was not a fan of it, but I did think that his rapping was actually pretty crisp on the song compared to some of the other songs. So I thought his vocals sounded really better on that song. I thought his rapping was really crisp on the song. I don't, th- there's a part, I think it might be the second section uh, where he does a deep voice uh, and tries to rap in that deep voice. I did not think that worked. Um, I think he should have stuck with the original voice he done in the first verse. Um, but uh, that being said, I still think it was a good song. It was not my fave on this rap section. Like, if I was into this album, this, again, like, that would probably be songs just one of the skips, but I don't think it's a bad song in general. Um, Alan?
1: So I'm actually more with Milo on this one in that having that kind of hook and i definitely empathize with what you're saying mark about it being like kind of weird that was a that was a good thing to like like i talked earlier about how sometimes stuff just flowed into what felt like one similar thing but for me getting something that is a little that pops a little bit and is a hook to draw me back in even if i didn't like necessarily love it it did kind of like like wrangle me back in if that makes sense and i just wanted to have you guys ever ever seen that meme that's like you play death grips in front of the hose are you trying to scare the hose
0: like like this
1: like this is some like scare the hose type lyrics here And, (laughs) and like which is which is fine but i think it really contributes to the that whole thing of i'm not i don't necessarily want to just like throw this on in the car Mm-hmm. You know, like, this album as a whole, like... Well, actually not as a whole. There are songs that I feel like are a little more casual. This one is just, like, oh, yeah. incredibly fucking dark. Like, like, um, too much is not enough. Too much is not enough. And coming back around to there's something missing in me. I wish I could nail down. Maybe there's something swimming in me trying not to drown. And this imagery is just, like it's really good when you stop and you think about it because i think one of the highlights from the album for me is the songwriting mm-hmm. this shit is dark as fuck i mean and i don't know what i was expecting from i mean there's interludes here um talking about the silence of god so yeah, obviously exactly. yeah. i mean i don't know what the fuck else i'm expecting uh, but to me this was one that really drew me back into the rap section at the very least it didn't just feel like generic trap beats that don't work for me at all. Um, so I would say this is one of the rap songs I liked more, but it's not—it's not like pressure in my palms or anything. But I did mm-hmm. like it. Hey,
2: so real fast, what Alan was mentioning. Uh, so what people can expect? We talked a lot on the last podcast about how no names album was pretty consistent but she managed to make things pop and Mm -hmm. that's it's 100 like what he's mentioned 100 percent on the nose and it made me think that i feel like a solution to that if this album had been cut and shortened and a few songs just taken Mm -hmm. off it would have been better
0: yeah i fully agree i fully agree um like when you started saying the album felt like it was too long i was like yeah like that's what i I felt like when i first heard it and i mean i get it the fact that he was trying to do three separate sections as three separate artists like you got to give him a sample like solid sample size of each section which is therefore going to make for a long album and so um there was a question i was going to i'll pose a little bit later i feel we could talk about later once we talk about more of the songs but just in general of would we have preferred this almost as more of a one genre album instead of a multi-genre album but uh i, I want to come back to that though. i want to talk about more of the songs before we come back to that so sit on it for a bit um my favorite rap track on this album was sometimes uh the first part of the rap part uh it does have the beats beat so i can understand if y'all don't like it for that whatever but i thought this shit hit so hard it slaps there's a part where the bass drops like when i think it's when the verse kicks in this bass drops bro that shit like rever- rever- reverberates through my body <laughs> i can feel that on my soul i get hyped and so i thought that instrumental hit so hard um the vocals were at the best on the hook but it wasn't bad the rap vocals were okay um once again, I, I'm not a huge fan of when Morf Choir uses the uh vocal inflections in the rap part, uh, to kind of change it up a bit. I think he should just stick with his normal rapping voice. It's typically better than that. Um but uh, the hook and the bass drops though. For me, it's the hook and the bass drops. And this song, they are perfect ten out of ten. Um, they are what keep me coming back to the song. This is yeah, this is my favorite song on the rap part. Um Alan?
1: So this one, Surprise, was not my favorite song on it. Mm-hmm. But I did want to highlight one element of the production. And there seems to be, beneath the drums, there's a little bit of maybe an electric bass or an electric guitar that really makes it like feel like the only word I can think of is like dark or maybe sinister. Mm-hmm. And so when you get a good trap song that just makes you feel like, ooh, that beat's kind of dirty and feels good, mm-hmm. I think this album shows, or this song shows a lot of potential for Morph Choir to expand into kind of that lane Mm -hmm. and you know if we're thinking of this album as kind of a sampler of ways that morph choir can morph into Mm -hmm. going forward that would be a a kind of a cool direction my feedback of the production a little more would be that man those 808s those are really you you could get those on Datpiff, you could get those on fiverr like
2: yeah, those are really
1: generic eight And Mark but said I, really I was going to let... be the one to tear them. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I'll... I mean it. Oh, I, okay. That was that was a little mean. We've heard we've heard these drums before. I know. I know you both know that. Yeah. And yeah, but I did want to highlight at least that instrumental. The, the lyricism on it is pretty. I mean it's, it's the same as like, most of the other tracks in that it's really dark that that he's he's coming like feel the panic setting and now feel manic in my head i know i just lie awake for days feeling the pressure in my chest that feeling you can't shake like i think one of the ways more fire could go as like a career focus would be this really like this really dark trap direction and that and that could work we do need to work on the drums we need to work on the production a little bit but i see potential in this song For sure Um, even if it's not necessarily my favorite just like really fill out the production get some less generic sounding drums and we'll be good Milo
2: so I'm with Alan on this song I also did not enjoy this song I think it was the placement of it that largely influenced my I don't know how I would have felt about this song if I'd heard it outside of the context of this album like as a single Mm -hmm. so when this song first came on, I was greeted with that same tribal feel in the production from the first third of the album. I mm-hmm. felt like that was like the Jungle Book type, kind of kind of feel going on there. I felt like I was Mowgli or Simba <laughs> or whatever <right? laughs> in the first third, and then it's that like came... <laughs> And it came back, and there were these. So I got some reggae vibes off of that guitar. I felt like those were reggae guitar stabs, whereas Alan felt they were more sinister. In either case, I liked it. And then it became trap. I was like, okay, so we're doing trap music. And then he started rapping in the voice I described. And those two elements together, the derivative production, in addition to the frat boy, I guess that's a better term for it, kind of voice made me think that this was just a mockery. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I meant by it. It was the placement, like, coming off of this really super indie hipster thing. And then the first thing I get from hip hop are derivative beats and a frat boy style of delivery. I was just like, are you taking this seriously? And it left a really bad taste in my mouth. And I, this is definitely a skip.
0: See, that's so, okay. So the, we'll, we'll go quick side, side step. It's so, so interesting because we've had this discussion multiple times on multiple different albums when it comes to, Things needing to be different or new typically for either of you, I guess, to like, like them or enjoy them, uh, where I've said multiple times for me that I am perfectly fine with songs in general sounding the same or sounding like something that's been done before as long as it sounds good. As long as I like the sound, that's all that matters. And so a lot of your uh criticisms like it's obviously fine if you don't like it but a lot of criticisms also seem to be that this doesn't sound like something new or that it sounds like a typical trap song and so would you say that that's a problem if it sounds like something typical
2: okay well at least in this instance my i guess my position was the fact it was so derivative and it's the first taste of hip-hop i'm getting from him uh-huh. made me think it was a mockery and that that's what i mean like it was the placement if i'd heard this outside of the context of this album like mm-hmm. not on the tail end of all this indie jazzy stuff mm-hmm. perhaps i would have felt different differently about it but this is the first rap i'm hearing from this guy on this album and and just in life in general because i'm not mm-hmm. i'm not friends with him and it, it's you know it's a cookie cutter thing mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like so this is what you think hip-hop is? And that's what I mean. So I'm open. Like like I said, maybe in another world, if I hadn't heard it, listening to it for this podcast, it might have felt different.
1: Alan? So actually, just to address, Mark, your kind of meta question about Milo and I have problems with what we deem as too generic or too derivative. Um, I think that for a lot of people, they have kind of a like core genre that they listen to, mm-hmm. where if They get something that's very meat, potatoes, basic. They don't mind it as much. And for me, that's pop punk. For me, that is guitars with power chords that go doom, 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 doom. Just like the same four power bar chords over and over. I can listen to that all day. But for me as someone, but that's just because pop punk is like my genre that's just in my heart. And then as I like expanded my music taste, getting into Kanye getting into outcast when i was in old school and high school I, it took me kind of like learning learning more about it and expanding my horizon so i always approach rap in a way that i want to be surprised and i want to hear something new where pop punk and emo are these two genres like emo rock these two genres that i come back to and then when something is like a band like origami angels is an emo band that mm-hmm. you could probably call them pretty generic but i just think that their sound just like it hits for me and you know they're singing about girls and they're singing about pokemon and they're fucking singing about skateboarding and that's i've been listening to those three topics for 20 years in pop punk and i just and i can still just sit down on a saturday and listen to it all afternoon and have it be perfect so for me like when i come to a rap album it's maybe it's a little harder for me personally to just listen to these generic trap drums and these same kind of like same kind of topics but that that really does just come down to my personal preference right like in my heart i'm like an emo kid Mm -hmm. right
0: okay so that 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 actually makes a lot of sense to me that makes a lot of sense because i putting it that way i'm actually the same way so for me the hip-hop is the main core of what i listen to almost strictly and so i am very fine with generic kind of trap shit because that's what I really enjoy. Like, I really fuck with trap beats. I love emo trap. Like, emo trap is... I don't want to say it's necessary. my favorite genre, but you give me Lil Peep, you give me Juice World, you give me some of that shit. Like, I'm Gucci, bro. I could listen to that all day, every day. Um, and so you give me production that sounds like that, I'm going to be really happy. But if you give me pop punk, if you give me some pop punk bands, if it sounds like a generic pop punk band, I'm pr- probably not going to like it. But you give me a pop punk band that stands out, I'll, I'll enjoy it. So I guess I can. Exactly. Like, so I okay. I get that more and more. Thank you. um, Alan, is there a track on here that uh, you took really notice of?
1: Yeah. And for me, this is, I mean, I, we're talking about personal preference. This hmm. is a direction that I would like to see. Uh, more fire going and that's the song afterthought it's the last the last track on the first section of the record and contrasted with what we've been saying about how this has really generic like mm-hmm. generic 808s i felt like i felt like this song had more effort if i'm being honest put into it because if we take the drums we have these kind of like like i don't even mm-hmm. call them bongos or whatever but drums that you play with your hands and they have kind of a Mm -hmm. almost tribal beat and it and it has these like i guess it's a synthesizer or like an organ playing in the background and that's what really reminded me of the band Mm -hmm. the postal service a lot in a good way uh in a good way but i did appreciate the songwriting this song is the song is a little bit longer but i really appreciate themes in like in this kind of music about reflecting on the past and thinking about your old relationships and how they're affecting you moving forward. And that's all about like what afterthought is. I feel like Morph Choir's voice, like, I'm going to be honest, just works better in this setting, just as kind of like an indie rock direction. And then I also, I did like, we talked about how dark Mm -hmm. this whole album is, right? Afterthought is a really light song. And he, it's a little sad when he's talking about, baby, I couldn't break your heart even if I tried. Even if I was paid and I would have to say, baby, build your walls so tall that I can't even climb. Mm-hmm. I can't even stay. The words don't even feel like, I feel like they're contextualized in a way within the instrumental that makes me feel a little, a little bit of lightness as opposed to just how heavy the rest of the record after this point is going to get. And how heavy every single interlude is i really just like being a little more introspective and being a little lighter and having kind of a more fun production like like again this could be my preference. Just I, lo- I love indie rock but i think this is a direction that more fire should absolutely explore more into i feel like on the synthesizers his voice just kind of mends in really well with it i liked a lot of what he did with the drums here just i'm really tired of the trap drums and this was a nice break from that going back to something that feels really really unique but afterthought mark i think think this
0: had the best hook on the whole album um i i love the hook i love it um i like the lyrics a lot too um there's a part where he says how have you been although you never left my side it feels like you've been gone for what feels like the years." say anything. Say that you've fallen out of love. Tell me we've gone apart. Tell me there's nothing here. Um, so I don't know. For me, it's still pretty emotionally heavy. Um, but I, I do get it. It's not as dark as uh, what we'll get later on. Um, but it's still very emotionally heavy. But for me, the the hook drives this. Um, I thought this was an amazing hook. In fact, whenever uh, I'm pretty sure I actually told this to him when I first I heard this album but this sounds like something that would play in a in a romance movie some like romantic comedy or romance movie whatever where like I see the couple like like a like a guy running to the airport or like some shit like that and this song playing in the background or even playing at the credits of a love story like that's the feeling I fully got when I heard this hook and so um I really liked it like I said, I thought it was specific on an album. Uh, overall, I thought the instrumentals were uh, pretty good. Um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just very catchy. It's very catchy easy to come back to. Milo? I did, oh, oh
1: if I could just say one thing. I did like how you mentioned it could be used in a movie. But mm-hmm. for me, that movie is not like a romantic comedy. Well, I guess this is a romantic comedy about to bring up. But like <laughs> 500 Days of Summer, where... <laughs> I There's my- so much yeah. reflecting going on and thinking about thinking about your relationship that may not have worked out well. And it's not necessarily like, it is a little sad when you think about it, mm-hmm. but there also is this element of moving on and this element of lightness moving forward. So, and that's like, I had mentioned that one of the things I really like about emo music is how melancholy it can be, how Mark can listen to it and get kind of a happy vibe. Mm-hmm. I can get it and I'm a sad boy. Mm-hmm. So I get kind of a sadder, more reflective mood. And I think that contrast on this track works really well. But Milo, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No worries. So
2: when you were talking about the hearing in a movie, Mark, this is, sorry. This is what Logic wish he would have sounded, like. <laughs> ah. <laughs> sounded like. Wishes he would have sounded like, wishes he would have sounded like on Supermarket. <laughs> That said, I still, so my impression of the song, the song's actually pretty long for those out there. This, this is like a five minute song and it's a, it's a skip for me.
0: Mm, early.
2: And this is not, this is not a criticism. This is just something I, I forgot to point out. And it's not, he's not biting and he's not flat out plagiarizing. But I feel like he is, he draws a lot from different groups. Like there were parts throughout this album that felt like the 1975. There's another song that sounded like it came from Electric Quest. On this song in particular, I caught some bleeding love vibes just off of the, off of the little intro snippet that it had. Mm-hmm. I got some on another True Compulsions. I got some got ye somebody that I used to know vibes. So mm-hmm. what I'm going to, what I would say is like, there is, there's got to be something in the production throughout this whole album that you will like. And in this this instance, it was Leona Lewis's. But this song to me, apart from that intro snippet I was just talking about, this is where I got the most Tarzan vibes off of that first thing. I I felt honestly and it wasn't bad. I that doesn't have to be a bad thing. It just it felt like I was I was in New York in a theater and the, the, like the smoke was coming out on stage and the people in like their leopard costumes were coming out with all of like the you know the noises it was very immersive. It was very immersive. But that's not really what I'm looking for <laughs> in a song. I, like to feel like I'm at a Broadway special for you know <laughs> Coming coming out of Africa or whatever. So, (laughs) that was my impression of the song. It's just really long and it feels more like I'm at a theater experience that I would just be like, hey, I don't, maybe if I were in the, I don't know, I could be in the mood for it if I get a wild hair, but it was a skip for me.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I'm just imagining like that Cats Broadway shit. Niggas coming out of costumes and shit with bongos. (laughs) Like, Well, I, you said the Jungle Book? I think you're thinking of the Lion, king <laughs> the Lion,
1: where, the, lion. Where the <laughs> like the Broadway yeah. Lion. Thing, though, not yes. The movie, so if you're
0: bro, they should have had a produce for that, bro. They should have had a produce for the Lion <laughs> King movie that came out last year, a couple years ago. Oh fuck!
1: <laughs> I could, dude. I could, I could fucking see the like. I love that imagery actually because I could see the way that like the the animals go like bob up and down with the beat and the way that. That the drums are kind of hitting. I think dude, Disney production, yeah, you yeah. need to <laughs> you need to license out this song. Linden Miranda has nothing on
0: this. Bro, go over for Disney die. <laughs> hey, that's... <laughs> Yeah, that's just so funny. Um Wow. Okay. Uh, that's fair. So Milo, would you say that you feel like, I mean, I guess you, you've kind of said it, but I guess I kind of want to confirm, would you still feel that morph Cryer like kind of wears this influences on its sleeves, like a little too much, I guess then.
2: I wouldn't say too much. No. So the direct answer to that, to that question, no, I would not say they wear it on their sleeve too much because that's why I don't have enough to say like they're straight up biting or they're straight up plagiarizing. That's why I said, mm-hmm. what i said i said nodding toward or drawing from so Mm. that language is if i just straight up said they're just straight up copying then that would be yeah that's too much because they are they're just copy paste but they're drawing from it so you can see it's there but it's subtle enough that they're not just throwing it in your face
0: okay okay cool cool um I really like the song "Slip Fade" back in the rap section. End of this, um, I thought it had a great hook. Um, I love when the singing came in. I thought it was really infectious. Um, once again, when the bass drops, like I am a huge sucker for bass drops. Back even when I when I was like I'm just. Uh, Metalhead, head but way before I listen to rap like that uh bass drops get me bro so um great bass drop in the song uh this is the only song that I'm pretty sure at least that featured screaming uh he screams at one point in the song but kind of more in the background and I loved it I thought it was perfect I thought it was a perfect little addition to make it stick out a little more and so I hope that he continues with that in the future um working on screaming but uh, I also thought the instrumental was perfect uh overall I thought it was an amazing song I wasn't the biggest fan of the second verse. Um, it was a good try. I just don't think it worked. Uh, overall, I thought the song was amazing. And actually, when I was first listening to the song, I was headbanging, like, the whole time. Like, to me, this, like, really hit a solid rhythm um, that I really enjoyed. Uh, Alan, though, what do you think of this? So there's a kind of an
1: effect on his vocals in this track that I really liked, where I don't know if he's doing like one vocal layer over another vocal layer, mm-hmm. but it sounds like two people are doing, especially the chorus at the same time. I think you had mentioned that, but mm-hmm. one of the criticisms I had earlier about this whole record is that a lot of the production sounds skeletal mm-hmm. or like a little, like could be fleshed out a little more. Mm-hmm. But to me, the way that they layered their voices together was a good way to really flesh it out. And I really liked like, This is one that I was head-bobbing along to as well, just because it, like, I felt like the beat was pretty strong, and, like, I loved going back to saying, I'll slip away, watch me, I'll fade away, watch Mm me, and having it be kind of in this really dark and kind of, like, really high-energy, like, high-energy dark Mm -hmm. for compared to the rest of the rap, which is a little more, like, lower-energy dark, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. really did, like, again wake me up, like, pull me back out of this, like, trap trance that I fall into and I'm listening to fucking Gunna or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those songs that really did do that. It's um, it's not it's not like the, necessarily the most hype song I've heard. I'm not going to be like banging this in the car too much, mm-hmm. but I feel like there is a good groundwork here to build on this kind of sound if he wants to go in the rap direction. I had said earlier about about another song that when he gets, or I guess they, when they get dark, it works for me more than just trying to do like basic rapping. And I think, um, I think Slip Fade is a great example of that. That if rap is a direction that Morph Choir wants to morph into, Slip Fade is one to look off of. I feel like those, those vocal effects again were something that can really, that felt unique, for example, um, getting away from a little, derivativeness, But I liked it. It wasn't like not necessarily my favorite trap song ever but a good starting point for sure. Milo? Yes. So
2: Alan pretty much said it all which is, so this is just going to be brief about the super dark melancholiness and the vocal effects. So, and how the those work together to just kind of escape that derivativeness. And if you're willing to believe the idea that taking two different worlds and like creating like a, a fusion does offer something something new. If I had to characterize this as a fusion in a simple phrase, this is juice world meets Brockhampton, especially with that screaming. I'm glad Mark Mark the screaming you mentioned, I immediately thought of heat.
0: Uh, off of saturation okay
2: so this song is not a skip for me it's not particularly remarkable i'll just say right like right off off rip i'm not going to rep- recommend this for the playlist but it but it is unique and i think it's because of that fusion between the two worlds i mentioned that breaks it away
0: this was one of the songs where I, uh so I know I've mentioned for the songs I do like on here, the hooks are always the strongest part. For me, the hook is strong, but it's actually not the strongest part of the song. It really was the verse. Like when, like when um, this part where he says like, I'm on my hands and knees begging. And then he screams, tell me. And then the beat drops in and it sounds like a really dirty guitar with it, like a really distorted guitar. And perfecto per fucking perfecto, um and like literally i like whenever that part comes in i turn the volume all the way up and just start headbanging and my dreads are flying everywhere because it's just lit like the energy is there to me um i could really see that shit live like really 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 um whereas the hook is like the more kind of calm part and i feel like i'm kind of just waiting till i get back to the verse again so um even though the hook still wasn't bad it's still a good hook but it's just not i know it's not like uh, afterthought or um sometimes i think those had better hooks but so afraid um i thought the the verses were great 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 um, So can we
1: talk about missing i definitely yeah. want to get a marble figurine track and oh yeah I forget we haven't
0: done any of this yeah
1: uh and if i'm being honest marble figurine was my least favorite well i didn't uh, see, I- I'm going to go back and forth between... I feel like, Mark, you sold me on the trap a little bit more. Uh, yeah. but maybe you'll sell me back on Marble Figurine here. <laughs> but this was not a section that I really liked as much as the first, but mm-hmm. the song Missing, I felt, has a lot of that great potential. Um, there's, there's some kind of... I guess it's a brass instrument, maybe, and... In, oh, I'm going to show how dumb I am, like a tuba or something mm-hmm. going... And I really liked how that layered on to his vocals kind of meshed really well. And it gave me like a Frank Sinatra vibe mm-hmm. or a Dean Martin type vibe. And as far as like my critiques of his vocals go, I feel like he can hold the tune pretty well mm-hmm. along with the instrumental. But I wish he had experimented more with his vocal range where this song really feels like it stays within within a certain sound or a certain like it only varies between like like this one octave and I wish that the vocals had been a little more adventurous in that sense. But in terms of being a like what I can see at playing at a jazz club is I'm like drinking a drinking a bourbon and there's a lovely young lass over there I'm about to go talk to in my suit. Like, I can see this playing and it fitting in super well. But in terms of an actual critique, I wish that more of the song had been a little more adventurous on the vocal end because I think that the brass section works really well in this, but the vocals, I feel like, with just a little more work and especially not being afraid to reach into the higher register mm-hmm. would be really well. Uh, one one like piece of lyricism I really loved was the imagery that the girl says in this song it feels as though i'm shrinking soon i'll be too small to detect you ought not to get your mind so up in a tizzy with that stress if i could stop then i would but i just can't control myself and i I don't know that's just kind of an imagery of like you're so stressed that you're feeling smaller and smaller until you eventually just minimize yourself out of existence i really was a really cool image for a track that is really relaxing and can just, like, take you to this 1920s jazz bar. Um, but really, I would encourage more adventure, like, more adventurous work, like, going outside of these same four or five notes on the vocal end.
2: Real quick Milo, question. What do you
1: think? Oh, go ahead.
2: Oh, perfect. I have real quick question. So you said this second third of the album, you didn't enjoy that much, right? Yeah. Okay. You know, I don't know if you're, like, Astro projecting now or what kind of zodiac crystal stuff you're on it's like alan is al is making this too easy like this <laughs> did he read my like okay so this section i was not feeling first of all like so this section the first song you're gonna get off of it is true compulsions and then right after that bottom line is you're gonna get some kind of weird sacks off the first song and then the second song in this section is like what is this a mystery novel like what are you duck tracy like <laughs> So I really, and then by this song, Missing, it's a skip for me, by the way. I really was Mm -hmm. not feeling the jazz. And then he started talking about that brass instrument. And I have, right here, I was like, is that an oboe? Is that an (laughs) oboe? Like, like, I'll give credit. Like, that's diverse that you threw a oboe. (laughs) If it is an oboe, if I am correct. I'm not like a connoisseur, but I feel like it's an oboe. (laughs) And I 100% agree with the adventure... I have an all caps. Bam! The voice sounds the same. The voice sounds the same. There was no no adventurousness. No adventurousness. It. Bam! I, it, there it is. That's the tweet. Five minute song. <laughs> you can totally skip it. Two out of three people on this podcast are warning you. You can skip this song.
1: I, I definitely did not say to skip this. I don't. Oh no! Sorry. Definitely... No,
2: you ain't never lie. I said to skip this. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs>
0: So aggressive, I'm bro. I, I picked this song
1: because I thought it had potential, and that you just like you're twisting me into this like more evil version of Milo.
0: Evil Milo, dark timeline. Oh, um, yeah. that's funny. No, it's kind of funny how like your brother, like you, you, you two are almost never on the same wavelength. So it's actually kind of wild that you're on it for this album for the most part, I guess, except for this song. But um. No, We so, have the same criticisms.
1: You though, have the yeah. same criticisms,
0: but just feel differently, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, it's kind of weird, but okay. Um Yeah, so I'm with the both of you. This is my least, like this section, of the Marvel figurine, is my least favorite part of the album. Because um, to me, it slows it way the fuck down. Like a little too much. So the first part is kind of poppy, a little like African pop, whatever, you know. Uh, get some Jungle big vibes. I'm out here vibing and then we get to this part that it just immediately slows down and yeah like you're at a 1920s jazz club someone's plucking away at a bass and then there's a guy at the mic with a you know glass of whiskey as he's just kind of singing into the mic like it just slowed the fuck down and then it just kind of gets hard to pay attention to because it it sticks out so little but That being said, I did think this was the best song in this part of the album. Um, I did actually like this hook a lot. Um, A Little Piece of Me is Missing, and I don't know where it went. A Little Piece of Me is Missing, and I don't know where it went, and I don't know what it is. Oh. But the way he says it has this kind of, like, little bop to it. Like, I imagine, like, Betty Boop there, you know, just kind of, like, moving her hips back and forth and shit. Like, I don't know. It has a little bop to it. (laughs) So, I don't know. I like this song um most in this in the second part of the album but that being said it still doesn't compete with other aspects of the album in my opinion
1: that's kind of where i'm at i did want to at least pick one track off this section though to to be fair and to let the listeners know kind of what what they're in for with this second section
0: yeah yeah what i mean i i agree 100 percent um there's one more song i did want to mention in the uh In uh, actually the first part, it's actually the very first song, which is Tell Me. Um, I thought this was a really good intro. Uh, I love the instrumental. um, And, I don't know. I liked, i I like how it started simple. It got, see, uh, this is where I also differ from you, Alan, is, uh, maybe you, my too. I can't remember if you said this, but I love minimalism. So I love minimalistic beats. I like them after when they're at their skeletons. When you start adding in too many instruments and too much shit, it starts fucking with the beat for me. So I like when shit is really stripped down and minimalistic and the beat got a little kind of grew a little bit more as it continued to go on. And I kind of actually didn't like it as much as it continued to grow. That being said, though, I thought Tell Me was really solid. Um, and I thought it was a good intro. And I also thought lyrically, it was pretty good, too. Um, I'm stitched, but can't stop the bleeding. I stay, but can't find a reason. Your gaze is so cold, it's freezing me away. I thought if I searched I might not get lost, left groping in the dark, but that's all I found in your heart anyway. Um, and then he just kind of keeps repeating like uh, multiple times. It's like, I don't know what you want. I don't know what you want from me. Uh, so I don't know. I thought it was a good tone to kind of set off the album to get started. Um, but yeah, that's me. Uh, Milo, what'd you think of it?
2: So Alan touched on this earlier. This man's storytelling is outstanding. And the lyrics that you were quoting just now, Mark, reminded me of that. Well, it reminded me of like particular lines in this song that supported that. He talks in a song about... I haven't slept in a couple days then goes on to say, I don't really know. I might just be guessing, which when you hear that you, you come to the conclusion yourself, like, yeah, man, this man really hasn't slept in a long time. Like he's sitting here telling me like it, he's so out of it. He can't even be sure he's out of it because that's how out of it, yeah. <laughs> fried his mind is from w- what, what he's going through. And I thought that was just an excellent way. using dialogue to paint a really beautiful picture the the picture of a cold gaze yes loved it so I mentioned about how they draw off of other people so off of this one I caught some Inya and Sade vibes off of off of the the music and I thought the soundscape was pretty cool and those two artists yeah, I'd say I'd say they're pretty minimalistic in their beats. Their beats are not like too crazy complicated and do have that tribal feel. So the song is not a skip for me. And I would say it's a, I would say it it would have been better to start off with this than to start off with that whatever that was for yeah. these these little interludes, the unbearable. I don't know what that with, it's like someone whispering in the mic or
0: Well so so we'll like super quick little departure these interludes right so there's three interludes as you mentioned one that starts off the album and then one that breaks up each section afterwards they are all the exact same interlude they're just the same like this kind of creaking sound and almost like a whisper in the background and then it moves on did what what did y'all think of these interludes like were they like I guess I'll start with you Milo but like I don't know for me it felt like it was a waste I felt like I didn't get it like I felt like their sole purpose was just to break up the parts of the album but like for me I was kind of frustrated with like at least change them all three interludes are the exact same track so for me it was like at least change them or you know have them grow to something continue the story or remove them but they literally just sounded like album breaks to me
2: so Um. and Alan 100% if I'm not mistaken Stankonia had breaks throughout the album where they were just in with that break but each of them (laughs) them were different right Like, they didn't do the same one. Okay, so that would have been better. So I agree, Mark. Like, yeah, at least change them instead of just playing the same thing. I don't know. It kind of seems lazy to me. It seems like it was a waste and it was lazy since they were the same. Mm -hmm. Alan?
1: Yeah, I don't have too much, like, more positive I can say because I felt mostly the same way. These things are, like, really quiet. Almost. And it's like, I understand the idea of you want to emphasize that these are different artists coming for each section, but I wish there had been more here, if that makes sense. And like, it's hard to say, like, do, do album breaks as good as fucking Stankonia is (laughs) like a tall order. But I mean, There should be there should be something else here if you're going to include them, because at a certain point you could have just given like like Milo, one of your criticisms was that this thing is too long. And I agree. And if it had just cut these out, I feel like you're seriously cutting down on the on the runtime while still keeping the best elements of the album. So, you know, I like I get why you want to divide them, but you got to keep us a little more engaged in this, man.
0: Uh, Milo, did you have anything less more to say about Tell Me, or did you finish? I can't remember.
1: That that was yeah, that was it.
0: All right, Alan, what did you think of Tell Me, the intro song?
1: So coming to this song, I really wanted to say that it made me feel cold. It made me feel empty, which is very much the goal. But actually, both of you guys mentioned cold, and I look back at the lyrics, and he talks about being cold Mm -hmm. and feeling lost. So that's a huge success. That's one of the major major themes on this album. And so the fact that the beats made me feel like I was being swept away and being left cold, like, great job there. The criticism I do have, though, is something Milo brought up earlier, that a lot of this feels really long. And that plays into one of my major criticisms, that the minimalism of this album and the production end makes it feel like the second and third verses when we get those really feel similar. And so even though the song is only about three and a half minutes, it feels like a very long intro because there's not a lot different that's happening. Once you start to get used to the way that the drums feel and the way that the instrumental is in general, you you kind of heard the song and it doesn't vary it up that much here. So to me, like, let's, let's add a little more variation in this. And then we have a really, really great intro that makes us feel really cold makes us feel like directionless but is a little more engaging if that makes sense
0: yeah no yeah. makes sense to
2: me real fast mark and obviously alan you're the one who said it so i speak under correction i think what what alan was talking about when he was mentioning skeletal beats earlier was skeletal in the sense of you have the basic ingredients for your x song like you know this is the you know if you're like writing a story you have Mm -hmm. beginning middle end and that's the skeleton that's what every story has but you need something he was talking about it more in a sense of okay this is a starting point that every other thing has but if you don't change this starting point it's not going to stand out i think that's what he meant by skeletal not literally that it was Mm -hmm. just minimalistic and didn't have a lot of moving parts is that
0: Mm.
1: that's a great that's a great way to describe what i'm saying yeah
0: Damn, you two are just sharing the same brain today, all right. <laughs> um, it this, this is the first, a, this is yeah. the first, hey. we normally, are, we're normally <laughs> arguing,
1: yeah.
0: If anything, Morph Choir has brought y'all together,
1: <laughs> Shout out to
0: morph choir. that on yeah. morph choir, bro. <laughs> no, but, um, uh, okay, so kind of, I guess, kind of close to wrapping this up. So, the question I posed earlier that I'm curious what y'all think about this and i guess my will start with you is do you feel like this would have been a more successful project if morph choir would have just picked one of these genres and stuck with it or in or maybe just intermixed all the songs uh so that there weren't actually sections but just kind of different song vibes as you go out or do you think that whether you like it or not, it's actually best presented the way it is.
2: So, do I think it would have been a more successful album if they had just picked a genre and ran with it?
0: Yeah. Or or, or inter- intermixed them. Or so.
2: Intermixed everything together. Okay, so I definitely don't think intermixing together would have worked. Mm-hmm. And I think if they more successful. Okay. If, I think if they would have shorted this, uh, shortened, this, shortened this and taken out a lot of the filler we've talked about, it would have been more successful. I think it would have been even more successful if, as you mentioned, they had picked a particular genre and just ran with it. Because then it would be shorter. Mm-hmm. And we... Yeah, in that case, it would, all, it would already be shorter and we wouldn't have to go, go through that second third that just is really long and drawn out and exhausts you so yeah i guess the answer to your question is if they picked one genre and ran with it yeah that would have been great because it would have automatically shortened it but if they had this and just decided to shorten it that would be good too but the better choice would be just pick a voice
0: Uh, alan
1: yeah so i i mean i i just hate that i'm kind of just going to say the same thing that Milo said and that I don't like I also don't like saying this is what this artist needs to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah just in your head
1: though. But like... to, to me that's honestly how I feel that there are things that Morph Choir is really good at and genres that I think he has a lot of room to grow in. And then you know, I think that especially their voice is suited well for that indie rock sound, the the first section, the pleasant jest is just what i'm going for and you know milo you'd mentioned the band in 1975 and for anyone who doesn't know them uh 1975 is this rock group from the uk and they came up with this album that's like really rock centric and kind of throws back to the to 80s and that works really well but then recently on these other albums they like they made a trap rap song and they made like a country song and when i listen to them it's just like Dude, you're not good at this at all, and um, I don't. There's not as much of a difference here between more choirs, different genres, but I am getting that kind of similar feeling of you have a thing that you're good at, and that's where I think you should focus at, especially, especially so early in more choirs' career. Um, I think the time to branch out might come a little, a little later in your career after you've established a really solid bass sound, mm-hmm. and just. Just my honest feedback of this album is that Pleasant Jest is the one that I'm going to say is my favorite by a pretty, like, wide margin. And I would have liked the Pleasant Jest album more than this.
2: Okay. Uh, So, just real fast, mm -hmm. off of what Alan was saying about it. So, there's a video. It's I'm not this is just the title of the video I'm not applying i'm just saying he says gordon Ra- uh, gordon not impressed with pretentious meal that's the title of the video so you can look it up and see it i'm just talking about the content of the video is that gordon ramsay's interacting with the chef and when he eats his food there are so many different varying flavors that's like his that's one of his main problems with it is that he can taste he he acknowledges the ability of the chef and that it's a good chef and i guess the chef's character arc is that he learns to just lean on that voice that he's good at and focus in on that one taste. And that's when Gordon starts to like his food.
0: Okay. Okay. Which is uh, actually perfect
2: for a, a, a food-based podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: great job. Great job. Hey. <laughs> um, I very much feel the same way with both of y'all. Um, I... I feel like starting out with such a diverse set, like Alan, I actually think if I kind of mentioned it perfectly, starting out with such a diverse sound as your, your introduction kind of makes it hard for people to stick to something, you know, uh, makes it hard for them to grip on. Because like I said, even though I like the hip hop section, and I like Sometimes and Slip Fade and those two songs and whatnot it's hard for me to go back to this album because I don't think of this album as a hip hop album or even hip hop songs, you know, I'm going to it and I'm listening to the pleasant just part or the marble figurine part before I get the heavy gossamer, um, the rap part. And so I definitely agree that I think that uh, having kind of a one genre sound, I mean, it might not be as fun as experimental, but I think it would have made for a more um, digestible album you know, uh, something that's a little easier to listen to. Um, that being said, Alan, I also agree with you. I think Pleasant Jess is the best part. Even though I love the rap songs, and even though the only songs I actually go back to are the rap songs, uh, if I just had to sit there and press play and listen, I much rather listen to the Pleasant Pleasant Jess part. Because I think, I, I fully agree with you, that's where his voice sounds the best. So, like, that's how, that's where it sounds like he's meant to be making music It's in that sound. Whereas... It does sound like on the hip-hop part that – I don't want to say it doesn't sound like he's mocking hip-hop, but it just sounds like he's just trying to do hip-hop rather than just making his own music. Pleasant um, just sounds like he's just making his music. Uh, hip-hop or the heavy gossamer sounds like he's just trying to do rap songs. So it's not, it sounds like he's expanding out of a circle than working in it. So I oh, don't know um that being said that you'll have any other thoughts on this album or did we want to get into spice meter
1: i think i'm ready for spice meter with you guys cool cool cool
0: yeah um i'll start out um i am going to give this album a, a somewhere between <laughs> kind of spicy and a spicy i'm very torn I partially want to give it a kind of spicy uh, because uh, not all that many songs sit for me. I maybe really would come back to five songs, five, six songs on this whole album, which is less than half. Um, which still isn't like terrible or bad, but it's also five or six songs of all different genres. So I really only like one or two from each genre sound. And so I think that's the part that kind of, once again, makes it difficult. It's having a, having a multi-genre album. Um So I kind of want to give it a kind of spicy for that. But then I want to give it more of an actual spicy because it is experimental. He did actually try some different shit with this. uh, And there's at least one song from each of the different genre styles he picked that I do like a lot. Um, And so uh, I don't know. I'm going to give it it like a light spicy. (laughs) So a little better than kind of spicy, but like a light spicy personally. Um, Milo?
2: So I'm going to go ahead and give this album a not spicy. Mm-hmm. It just is it's a chore to get through because of the length, especially that that middle part with all those like that heavy LA noir Chinatown mystery kind of jazz influence and the hip hop section just like I said, that 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 first song coming off the tail end of that second third left a really bad taste in my mouth and you said it perfectly well i said it was a mockery so that's a bit mm. further than what you said but even yeah it does sound like he's trying to do hip-hop it it really rubbed me the wrong way
0: mm. that one?
1: so i guess to be consistent with what i've always stood by about my ratings that a few if we talk about the songs that we like and the rest of the album we don't like, we just never talk about. It needs to be a not spicy, mm-hmm. even if we sound positive for that. And there is a lot on here that <clears throat> I would say more often than not does not work. So I am unfortunately going to give it a not spicy. Mm-hmm. That said, I mentioned a lot that Morph Choir has potential, especially going in the indie rock direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so the potential mm-hmm. is for sure there. Uh, but i'm going to be honest i did not enjoy the majority of this but there were tracks that did stick out but part of the part of the consequence of making a long album that has a lot of variations is a lot not all of it is going to hit and it just happened that most of this didn't hit for me so i'm going to have to give it a not spicy but the room to grow and improve i definitely see
0: cool 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 all right Two tracks for the playlist. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put uh, "Afterthought" and then "Sometimes." Like my two, Alan.
1: I'm actually just going to go right along with you. Afterthought and sometimes. Um, sometimes I, I did like I talked about the how it felt like a really fleshed out version of of kind of the, the rap sound. Uh, and then afterthought is in my mind just the most well completed, most well rounded song here, and I really liked the like reflective vibe. I really liked how much it reminded me of the Postal Service. So, yeah, same too.
0: Milo.
2: So you two chose the same two songs, right?
0: Yeah. So pick whatever you want. Okay. Oh,
2: <laughs> so just because I
0: can
1: change one. Yeah, I could. I could be. I could be the <laughs>
2: Like, uh, like Georgia, uh, it's, <laughs> or no, he flipped that state. He flipped that state. <laughs> so as an honorable mention, uh, I'll do tell me because I felt that if that had been the intro, it would have been a lot stronger. And I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the, just that uh, I'm just not sure how many days I haven't slept. That's so good. And the one's the rap song I mentioned too much, basically because of, of the hook and the,
1: yeah. Okay.
0: Uh so sometimes and afterthought it is um to the playlist. Alan, do you want to introduce what we have next week?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we have the Unlocked Remix by Denzel Curry and oh, I was gonna say Zach Fox. What's what's the producer's name? <laughs> Zach Fox, beats? <laughs> and kenny beats, beats Yo, so. also,
0: wait shout out uh what's the song man? kenny beats Zach fox oh uh, i got depression shout out i got depression oh. <laughs> <laughs> give me what give me one
1: of those pro-lifer type beats
0: give me, give me something witty who's still a get off from the grave my <laughs> right, jesus crypt walking uh, so oh, good
1: <laughs> yeah so this is a remixed album of uh, unlocked, that came out by Denzel Curry in start of 2020 actually, and then he was hyping this he was hyping this remix album up. And we were actually going to do it a couple weeks ago, but we we thought it was on Spotify and we thought we could just listen to it, but it turns out it wasn't. Now we can. So we unlocked, checked. Kenny Beats. We actually checked this week, and so unlocked, Denzel Curry, Kenny Beats. I love Denzel Curry, so I'm excited to check this one out. And, yeah, thanks for listening. Check out this more choir shout-out. A lot of room to grow. Later, guys. Peace, y'all. Ciao.